Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 205 DGS. Beautiful day out there. Beautiful day for uh, snow shoveling leaves. <laughs> I have thoughts. I'm afraid they're depressing, though. They're Uh-oh. just they're just like life thoughts. Can well, I can I give them? Yeah, let's okay, hear them. Okay, and I I, I I want you guys to to I think here's what I think you're gonna say. I think you're gonna say, yeah, duh, like uh huh, <laughs> but. Life changes so much, and you just see things so differently, like, the older you get. I'm sure when I'm, if I live to be 79, I'll look back and go, like, I didn't know jack crap at 59. But in America, which is the only place that I've lived, and I've only lived from 1964 until now, so I don't know what it was like in the Civil War, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it, it, it may, and maybe this is just life, but it seems that you have your childhood— and hopefully that's good for you. And you have your shenanigans, you know, college and dating and whatnot. And then it hits. And you, like, you have kids and you have your career. And it's not that you don't have any fun during that time. I definitely did and still am. But you're working your ass off. You're trying to make ends meet. Most people aren't rich. And even high-income earners still tend to live kind of paycheck to paychecky, right? And then you get to a certain age, and then it's all about, oh, my God, how am I going to survive retirement? And then you got these a-holes like Kevin O'Leary saying, "Don't $5 million minimum. That's, that's minimum to live $5 million in the bank for, to retire. And then it's what kind of uh, nursing home am I going to be in? It's just a weird life. It just is, you know? And we just, that seems to be the course. There are rich people that can write their own ticket and live on a $500 million yacht. There are people who are on public aid their entire life, cradle to grave. But for most of us, like middle classers, it, 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 it could be a lot worse. But it's just kind of an odd deal. And I think it's just because I'm at that stage of my life where I've ran so fast the past 25 years. Um, I had a, a, a friend of mine just have a little baby girl and send me a picture of her. And I, and I was the cliche. I was like, enjoy it. <laughs> it goes by so fast. 
And I send her pictures of, you know, me with Phoebe at college. I'm like so fast. And she's like, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I think about it all the time. Just had the baby like a, like a week ago. But the cliches are true. You know this, Wheels. Yeah. You blink, and all of a sudden it's like, damn, where did that go? And did I do enough? And what am I looking at now? And it's just, I don't know. The relativity of time really messes me up. I was just thinking about this this morning, the way that, like, when you're, like, a kid or you're in high school or college or whatever, like, a month, six months, whatever. I mean, six months feels like years and years and years of time. And then now once you're, like, fully an adult and you're working a full-time job and you have, like, you know, adult responsibilities and stuff, it's like uh, six months is the blink of an eye. Summer vacation, summer break when I was in grade school was the longest stretch of time I can remember. Like, from... Memorial Day to Labor Day, which is what we did back then, you just lived a lifetime. You, you didn't even you didn't even think about going back to school. It was ju- it took so long, you know, because you had nothing to do. It, maybe you had chores, but that's the most you had. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think it's it's kind of a cliche, but I think it's a hundred percent accurate. Time that is in the past flies, and all the time in front of you drags. Right. If you're anticipating something, it takes forever to get there when you're looking back because you're not looking back typically at every small detail. It's the notable, memorable things that end up drawing you backward. And there aren't a million of those. You know, there's I don't know how many, but of the things that are really big, maybe dozens, maybe in that entire time where you're like, yep, that takes me right back to that moment. Like you're talking about with a birth of a child. I just hate that there's so much worry. It, it, it seems like by this time in human history that if we can, if we have a helicopter on Mars right now, voyagers outside our solar system, it seems like we should be able to live a life that isn't just constant worry. Worrying about, you know, making payments, worrying about retirement, worrying about this, worrying about that. It just... And I'm not saying like, oh, I wish I'd been born in like a socialist country or Denmark or something, but I think maybe I would have been better off that way. Like I've done, I've done well, I've worked hard and I've been successful. I'm one of the lucky people, but I don't know. I think if you, if you offered it to me and said, Hey, you're going to make a third of what you make, but you'll be taking care of this and this and this. I think I'd probably go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Hmm. It's a great exercise to think about that because i guarantee you there are people in those other countries the nordic countries or whatever that they they have worries too they'll just be different i think we're wired to worry yeah that's the survival instinct i mean so my brother i've mentioned i won't i i'm not going to get in specifically too much but my brother does hypnotherapy right and and what he does is help people with eating disorders or trying to quit smoking or with fears right and he'll tell me about not individual cases but just generalities that even the wealthiest people that he has worry every day. Oh, I know. Because I know, we are we are wired to be that different way. topic though. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. No doubt. And given how I am, and given how I was born, and given how my childhood was, I would worry if I had a trillion dollars. I'm that's how I'm built. Mm-hmm. So I'm how I am hardwired. But our life here in America is built on stress. It just is. And I guess maybe there's no way around that. 
Maybe it's just like, yeah, Dave. that's why I thought you guys would just say, yeah, duh, Dave, exactly. And bears poop in the woods. I mean, th- this is the way the world works. But sure, it'd be nice if it weren't just so damn hard. Yeah, I, I think part of it is the duh, right? But, but only part of it. It could be better. And people don't like it when this kind of idea is floated out there. But it would be a lot better for the rest of us. If the very few of us who do have ridiculous amounts of money weren't constantly stepping on everybody else. Uh, this is going from existential bitching Dave to politics. But what did you guys think of Nikki Haley? She was the first person to actually uh, uh, lay it down and talk about Social Security and Medicare. And her three part plan is people in their 20s and probably 30s, we're going to move your age to retire back a bit because your life expectancy will probably be longer. You're probably going to be healthier longer. So rather than 62, maybe it's going to be 70. That's the first thing we're going to do. But only to young people like Rach and Andrew. The second thing is wealthy people are not going to get any of the benefits. If you have X amount of money, you don't get $3,500 a month. And then the third thing is, damn, I forgot. It sounds pretty reasonable so far. I mean, I don't want to wait until I'm 70 to retire because, I mean, it's many years in in the future. It does feel a little unfair, but if this is the way to save the system. Yeah. And the, and the wealthy thing, I mean, that just, and I know I've, I know I've spoken at length about this before, but it just feels like a no brainer to me. If you don't, if, if, if you don't need that money, if you have several million dollars and we're just tossing a, a, a $3,500 uh, onto the pile every month because that's what we've always done. That's just, that's a complete and total waste of money. And there are more of those people than I think you would expect more people. I think more people need it than don't, but I think there are a lot of people that don't really need it. Well, what do they say about most deals? If everyone's unhappy, it's probably not a bad deal. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's too late in the game to change it for people. 40s, 50s, 60s, because they haven't had the time to prepare for it, Um, especially, you know, like when you the closer you get to retirement age, the more you have already made all of those plans versus younger. And again, I don't I feel like 30s is even like there should be some compromise in there. I agree. Maybe 30s. It (laughs) should be 67 or 68 and then 20s. It can be 70 like there should be some kind of gradual scale because the less time you have to prepare the more that impacts you was the third was there a third part there was i don't remember what it was but it was it was similar Simple, i just similar Andrew, sensible I, I think i just sent you the audio oh from okay. where she okay. said it at a town hall it's just that's another reason i like nikki haley is i i respect the fact one she rarely gets silly um mm. she seems the most serious person on the stage but I like the fact that she has the guts to actually tell you something difficult. Like, hey, Rachel Zimmerman, 32-year-old voter, uh, you may not get to retire when you're 62. Most of them just blow sunshine. I like the fact that she'll give well, you bad news. She seems like she's actually interested in doing things, which is pretty rare for politicians. Uh, for the most part, it just seems like they're waiting for their viral moment and you know, whatever is going to make them more popular. 
I would, I mean, I have to look into this more. I just heard it from you, Dave. So I'm going to have to like read up on it and stuff. But I do appreciate the fact that she has a plan because this is something that just doesn't even get spoken about because people are afraid to say anything. I think especially people on the right who are running are afraid to say something because they don't want their older voters to Mm -hmm. get scared and have ads run against them saying they're trying to slash your social security benefits or they're trying to change it up on you. So I appreciate that she at least has a plan and she it seems pretty reasonable from the way you rolled it out. What did DeSantis say the other day? They asked him about his health care plan and he's like, you'll hear more in April. And it's like, come on. I used to in my younger days, I used to be very, uh, hey, sucks to be you. You should have worked harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, sucks that you were born into that family, not this family. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's what I did. Uh, you don't have any money to live on in retirement. Live in a ditch. I mean, I, I was kind of playing a character a little bit, I think, like leaning into some sort of mishmash of Howard Stern and Rush Limbaugh. And I was young enough that it wasn't real. But now that I'm at that age, I'm like, well, that would be terrible, you know, to... And I'm not talking about people who just like, I'm just lazy, I'm not going to work, and everyone take care of me. There are so many Americans out there that bust their butts every single day of their life and then retire with very little. Well, and we're also in a position, uh, and this is absolutely verifiable, it's not an opinion, you can look it up. We probably have the worst system when it comes to people going broke from medical problems. Oh, my God. You could have everything planned. There's almost... There's almost no amount of money other than like Bezos money. If, if you do have the Kevin O'Leary five billion, you can still end up with nothing. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think that because of medical bills, we should be considering how to fix that too. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, that will also end up costing taxpayers. Because eventually, you're going to just be on the public money if you run out of money, right? They're not going to just be like, well, you get to die in the street. And don't you think a lot of it, and here's another big duh coming, but don't you think a lot of it is that politicians always, but in the last 20 years especially, um, they don't really give you ideas that they think are going to work. They give you ideas they think are going to make you vote for them. Yes, yes. 100%. Hundred percent. Because well, the stuff that works is typically pretty tough to swallow. Right. When you, we you know, when you got a, when you, you have a cavity, they don't give you gum. They they fill your cavity. They they give you a shot of Novocaine. You have cancer, they treat it. If you're overweight, you need to not eat so much. That's not so much fun. And we've gotten into this this whole thing, especially politically, where there are a lot of problems. And the solution, much like uh, filling a tooth or losing weight or having cancer, isn't pleasant. But you can't tell people unpleasant things. Let's just lie to them. And eventually they'll realize that we lied to him. But by then it's too late. We're probably retired. Well, I mean, how long ago was it? Was it 2016 when we were all, everybody's like, we're going to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. And then they realized that people actually don't want it to go away. And like they had 60, nothing to replace it Like with. 60, 65% of Americans are perfectly happy with that, according to polling. And they're going after it again. Going after it again. Trump's going after it again. And look, I don't like Trump, but I'm, I, I'm wide open to ideas. Yes. If someone has a better idea. Let's go. Let's go. Yep. Let's go. I don't care whether it's single payer. I don't care whether it's a different kind of insurance. I don't care what it is. My my mind is wide open. 
My mind is open to the the left. My mind is open to the right. Uh, I think it's childish to think that only one side ever has a good idea. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I think in general, this would be this is why I hate the way politics are and why I don't like because I I do this I, you know I hate the whole both sides thing, but I do think that people running for office on the left and the right do some of the same things, and it's this tactic. You're only telling me about what you want to destroy and not what you want to build. Tell me what you want to do instead. Give me the details. If this is like what you're talking about, Nikki Haley, she's saying, look, this has got to get fixed. Here's how. Tell me how you're going to fix it. Don't just say, I want to get rid of the thing. That doesn't solve a problem. That just creates a new problem. Say, I want to replace this with this. Here's why my idea is better. And let's go talk about it. But provide the better not just the different, and this is a thing that, and it's a, a, lot, a lesser thing, but it's something that I always get, I've always argued with in sports stuff. It's like people always want to get rid of somebody. Okay, get rid of the manager. Great. Who's going to replace them? Who's better? Give me the better. And then we can talk about that plan if you have the better. Yeah, the, the, sports is a pretty good analogy. Yeah, and it's all it is. It's a, it's a less important analogy, but it's the same idea. Like you can't just have. Pie in the sky ideas. We'll just go get somebody. Well, you got that person's got to agree to take the money that you're offering, and they have to want to be where you are. And maybe their family's in California. They don't want to be in St. Louis. They want to be by their family. You just don't know, and you can't be that simple. And in and in this kind of analogy in politics, it has turned into a sport. Here's the real interesting question: Do the politicians know if you if you if you got a malt six beer drunk, and they were really being honest? Does Schumer and McConnell both know the exact same thing? Yes. And they know the truth and they know what would really fix it. But then the jig's up, the game's over. Yeah, you can't. A lot of, there are a lot. I think so, yes. And I think that they know that they can't say it because they'll get primary, they'll get pushed out of their position. And then not and only. Shame on you. Not only do they lose power, but in their view. Then the crazies take over, and then it goes crazier than it is now. Yeah, shame on you if you actually know that something could benefit the country, but you don't say that because it doesn't serve your individual one human life. Make your three hundred thousand, get your pension three hundred thousand a year for the rest of your life. Shame on you. That's why I hate him so much. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 35 DGS on KMOX. Our buddy Matt Pauly is at the winter meetings and he joins us now. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you guys? Good, man. Uh, so some news. Let's start out with the news about uh, Yadier Molina, please. Yeah, so he is going to uh, rejoin the organization as we uh, knew. He is his title is a uh, position, uh, the special assistant to the president of uh, baseball operations, John Mozeliak. In a uh, statement, Mozeliak says, "Quote: He will provide invaluable help at the major league level as well as spend time with our minor league teams in his new role with the team." So uh, it is official, although we've known for quite some time that he would have some type of role this year. I'm assuming, uh, Matt, that that's something we'll find out more about from Mo later. But, I mean, they're all traveling today, right? Like the winter meetings are wrapping up. Rule 5 draft just happened. Is there any conversation coming later? Or is that going to be somewhere here uh, in the next several days? One more conversation with Mosaic okay, that comes good. up in about an hour. So uh, I'll be in there for that. And Beauty. I'll be running audio and we'll play some of it during a sports open line tonight. And we'll podcast uh, all of it tonight as well. But yeah, I mean, things are wrapping up. I'm pretty much, uh, we, you know, we had a bunch of broadcast locations set up where I'm at. Uh, most of them are tearing down right now, even out in the main area. MLB Network Radio is teared down. So, I mean, it's uh, things are really slowing down now. Do we... Uh, I think we have a vague idea, like these special assistant jobs are typically you're advising, for example, John Mosellock in the front office, but you're also going to spring training and working with players. And it sounds like they're going to have him work with both the major and minor league players. And over the years, he's done a lot of that as a player. Like, I mean, he'd take all the young catchers out. They'd go out early before everybody else in spring training. So it sounds like they almost want him to kind of continue some of the stuff he, he did as a player. Yeah, whenever you hear special assistant, first off, that's just kind of the title anybody right. gets when there's not a better title. But the idea behind it is uh, your responsibilities will be assigned by John Mosellock. So he's a special assistant, uh, so that means when there are things for him to do, he can uh, he will be assigned them there. But there's I mean there's a lot of special assistants. Joe McEwing, who has moved off of the uh, coaching staff uh, right. this year, I think he's got a special assistant title. So there's special assistants littered all over baseball. Yeah, for, uh, just as an example for people, like Mike Matheny was that to John Mosellock before they made him the manager. Uh, Chris Carpenter served in a role like that. So it's a pretty common title for former players who they still want to keep, like keep their mind in but the it's organization. An active title. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not it's ceremonial. It's not like a personal services kind of. No, it's not ceremonial. It'll be, it, it's got practical baseball purposes. In it. And in Yachty's case, I would think that he's going to have a hand in catching development and mm -hmm. uh, both at the major and the minor league level, which is. You know, interesting because he's arguably, if not the best, one of the two or three best ever to do it. Is a scout, and I know it's probably, it depends on who the guy is, Dave, but is a scout a good job or a really difficult, low-paid job? Seems like a fun uh, job. Yes, I mean, that that's a loaded question because it's changing so much with the advent of, uh, of video and, and data. Uh, teams, for the most part, are downgrading the number of scouts that hmm. they have and are sending out on the road, and they're using more video. 
Uh, I, I think generally speaking, if you are a major league scout, especially if you've been doing it for quite some time, you can make a pretty good living. You go, uh, most minor league teams, not most, but many minor league teams, uh, like a minor league manager, they probably have some scouting experience at some point, or if you lose your job as a double A manager, you might be a scout the next year for another team. So I think it's a pretty good job, but, uh, the, the whole dynamic of scouting departments in major league baseball is in flux right now. And there are a lot less scouts uh, walking around uh, looking at players live than there were even 10 years ago. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's just so many different varieties of scout, right? You'll have local, quote, bird dog scouts who kind of, they, they it's, it's like what a bird dog would do. They ferret out the, what's happening locally, and then they find the good ones to pass along to someone that's a little higher up. And then you've got area scouts, and you've got cross-checkers, and you've got major league scouts, which are completely different than the amateur-level scouts. Um, the amateur level stuff is hard. It's difficult work. It's not high. It's not super high paying. If you're in a position where you get to be like, as an example, if you're a, a, a special assistant to the base, president of baseball operations, they may ask you to do some scouting work and say, Hey, can you look ahead on these guys? Or what do you know about these guys that we can use in our game planning coming up for a series or whatever? That's a whole different game, but they're, they're probably the, the definition of what a scout is, is, is very different depending on what they're asking you to do. Which is fascinating, but obviously changing too, as Matt points out, with uh, the reliance on technology and and data anal- yeah. analysis and all of that. Any other news uh, out of the winter meetings for today? Uh, they select a guy out of the uh, Rule Five draft. His name's Ryan Fernandez. He comes from the Boston organization. Uh, assuming he sticks with the Cardinals, he'll be making his uh, major league debut. His strikeout numbers are fantastic. This past year, dominated at the single and a uh, single A and double A level. Wasn't quite as good at Triple A with a six point one six ERA, but he still struck out uh, thirty five guys in in thirty innings. So the strikeout uh, potential on this guy, somebody who's going to top out ninety eight ninety nine. Uh, certainly something that the Cardinals could use if he comes to fruition. Very cool. All right, Matt, thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Uh, uh, Headline, police suspect contained after reports of shooting at UNLV. So we don't know anything about uh, if anyone has been hurt, if anyone's been killed. We just know that there was a shooting at UNLV and the suspect is quote-unquote contained. Uh, In the last segment, I was talking about Nikki Haley and her plan for Social Security and Medicaid, and Andrew found that sound. Let's play that now just to, you know, square that circle. The ones we change it for are those like my kids in their 20s coming into the system. We change retirement age to reflect life expectancy for them. We limit benefits on the wealthy. Instead of cost of living increases, we do increases based on inflation. And we expand Medicare Advantage plans, which seniors love that allow competition and reduce the cost of health care. There you go. That's what I forgot. I mean, that all makes sense to me. It, that that's what that's why it probably is going to get criticized, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not extreme enough, mm-hmm. or it's not too much of it's not a it's not a win across the board. Um, I, I think it's interesting uh, to the the, uh, the the part that probably gets the most pushback. Wouldn't you guys think is you know the people that have made a lot of money not getting back the money that they put in? Because their yeah. argument would be, I put that money in, I should get it back. But if it doesn't mean anything to you, I mean, like if, if I were that wealthy, I don't think I would ever try to get my social security. I don't think I'd ever file for it. I don't think I would ever bother trying to get it because it just wouldn't matter to me and I don't need it. But maybe I'm just a weirdo. Mm. 
Well, at that point, you have to define wealthy. And yeah. She, yeah, she didn't really do and that. There's going to be someone on the bubble yeah. yep. who mm-hmm. you think is wealthy, but they don't yeah. think they're wealthy. Yeah. Well, then you draw the line higher then, right? I mean, if, if you draw that line at net worth of $10 million, that way you're never going to be hurting someone that could actually need it, right? If you draw that line at a million, there can be people right at yeah. that level that, hey, look, a million can be a big deal, but it may also you may also have other things going on. If you say, all right, we know there has to be a line, but we're going to make that line higher than we think it needs to be yeah. so that if you fall below that line, you still get it. But if you're above that line, there's just no question. You're okay. The guy, uh, update to a story we did earlier this week, the guy in Florida who is the head of the Republican Party in Florida, whose wife started the uh, Moms for Liberty who were trying to have a threesome, and uh, the the wife backed out, so he's accused of raping the third woman. Uh, now it's just all sorts of stuff are, are leaking. People, women from the group, the Moms for Liberty, uh, are quoting him, and they secretly recorded him, and they're putting out some of the resources that he was sending to them. And uh, he this, these are all quotes from this guy, Christian Ziegler. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's the person reporting it. Never apologize. Ever, uh, in my view, it only makes you look weak. And then he also was fond of including quotes from Adolf Hitler in their written materials, and they weren't mistakes because they would be. Uh, it would give, like, for example, uh, he alone who owns the youth gains the future, and then it would would uh, give the quote to Adolf Hitler, and he would do this often in his written materials to the Moms for Liberty. I mean, I'm not surprised if you're going to be that big of a hypocrite to try to police what people are doing in their private lives while you're doing it yourself. I It doesn't, you know, we're just living in such horrible times, I guess, that anytime something bad like this happens, I'm just like, oh, of course, of course they're quoting Hitler. That's apparently a thing that people do again. So he got caught at this and the one of the one of the ladies in charge said, We condemn Adolf Hitler's actions and his dark place in human history. We should not have quoted him in our newsletter, and we express our deepest apologies. And then that's when this guy said... uh, Never apologize. Yes, yes. Uh, They should... You should have pivoted back to your own message and never apologized. Okay. Hmm. Well, we know that there are people out there who think that way, and this is just confirmation, so... You're a sociopath if you think that. There's seriously something wrong with you if you think you should never apologize for anything. Well, I think it's a lot of people in leadership positions got to that position by never apologizing. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I just think that these psychos, yeah, they've found an effective way to gain power. And it's scary. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the first hour. It does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? It's also frustrating. It's also like, frustrating. Like, why can't these people just be normal? It's frustrating because you're raised to think that life is going to be a certain way and people have certain values and standards and, like, the good guys win. And then the more information you take in, it's like, no, there are just bad people with bad intentions running all sorts of organizations across the country. And who knows what their intentions really are at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And this is bigger. So I'll zoom out, Dave. You like the bigger picture idea. As a species, we have survived and dominated the way we have because we have worked together. And we are the only threat to ourselves. The 
only threat on earth to human beings is other human beings. And we just don't, and there are people that just don't care. They just don't care what it does to other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, we're not supposed to be wired that way. And I know that every brain is wired differently, some for the better, some for the worse. But at some point, the normies, the majority, the people, you have to stop listening to the psychopaths. Just because you have gained some level of success does not mean you have any secret. It doesn't mean you're smarter than anybody. A lot of success, and you can, I can speak to this personally. Some of it's just luck. Right place, right time. Some of it is absolute grind and work and all of that. But there is also an element that is not controllable in some levels yeah. of success. Let's talk to Tim here on line one calling in uh, from St. Charles. Hey, Tim, go right ahead. Hey, Dave, I get it. Thank um, you, man. What this guy does is um, pretty much like all these people do, either on the red, the left, the right, the center, the religious, the non-religious. They get that that hook in them. The most powerful drug there is, that five-letter word called power. Once they get a little power, it just drives them nuts. All at once, guys that thought they had morals are out trying to do three ways. You know, I don't know. I've I've never had power, I guess. And (laughs) when people like this that got it, I don't want it. Have man. a good day, buddy. Yeah. It's really well said. My Great man. Call. Really well said. I like that guy. Rach, I apologize if I'm not giving you enough time to flesh this out, but uh, schools as parents. Yeah, maybe I'm reaching a little bit on this, and maybe I'm a bit cranky about this topic, but I just keep... I, and look, I don't even have kids, so I don't know why I'm so concerned, but I just keep seeing story after story of you know things going wrong at schools. Maybe I'm passionate about it because my mom's a teacher, and I, I feel for teachers' plight in this country. I feel like it's a really difficult job, really underpaid job, and it does feel like nowadays the school is also expected to raise children to an extent in a way that it wasn't in the past. And my question that I posed on the sheet today, maybe I'm taking this too far, but uh, there's a push to co- to bring back home ec for every kid because children are lacking in these skills and they need to learn it. And on one hand, I'm like, great, they should have never taken that out of schools. If they did take it out of schools, make it a thing again. But on the other hand, I'm going, why is it that, like, when are we just going to admit Schools have a hand in parenting nowadays. It feels like the the system is just kind of broken, and it's because we can't admit, well, we're relying on schools to raise kids to a degree, but we won't say that. Do you think it has increased a great deal, or do you think that when we were kids it was basically the same? You know, I don't know. Um, and I ha- I didn't go to public school. I went to a small Christian school where it was like everyone was kind of making that choice of like, this is the lifestyle choice we're making to send our kids here. So everyone was kind of on the same page there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the school was parenting because they were teaching us certain religious values that normally, you know, yeah. a parent would teach. So, but I, I don't know. It just feels like it's like, yeah, my kid doesn't know how to balance a checkbook. And that's the school's fault. And it's yeah. like, is it? Or should you sit down with them I, and teach them I, that? I am, I am not crapping on my parents, but uh, the fact is, I I feel like my parents, their role was to keep me in line, but they never taught me anything about life or here's how you write a check or, you know, pay your bills on time or X, Y, Z. 
Uh, home ec did. Didn't work. But you know what I mean? And uh, they didn't really help with the homework and things like that. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm not crapping on my parents. Uh, I think it's just more of a generational thing, maybe. And I didn't I, I tried to help with with homework with the kids, but I wasn't smart enough. I didn't understand new math and what have you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, even back in the 70s, when I like was in, in you know, primary school and stuff, most of what I was learning was from school. And then my parents were keeping me from having a sassy mouth and uh, staying out mm. past the uh, street lights and things like that. Maybe I just get confused because there seems to be this big dialogue about like, that's not for the schools to teach. That's to be taught at home. And yet we seem to expect the schools to yeah. halfway raise the kid. I, I, it's I just conf- it's confusing to me. Yeah. So when I see stories like that pop up, I'm just like, well, what's going on? Yeah, they should make it more clear. I don't think why it would why it sh- why it's difficult to say you should learn your morals at home. You should learn how to be a good person at home, but you should learn skills at school. So HOMAC, um, civics, we suck at teaching civics. Yeah. Nobody knows anything mm-hmm. because you're never forced to learn it and you're not going to learn it for fun. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.